0: Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Real Time with MK podcast. Today we will be chatting with Gaurav Rai, Senior Vice President Innovation and Strategy at Matson Kumar. We will be discussing automation strategies for better customer experience. Listen to the latest from the world of technology for delivering a better experience to your customers. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Real Time with MK. I am Vivek Nayar. Uh, it's been a while since I joined with the show again because all the experts in my guest list apparently were busy and everybody is busy with a lot of work in the, on the plate. So I couldn't get the right guest for the show. But today I have a fantastic topic to cover. Uh, it's the time when we are, every organization is relying on technology to deliver uh, the best experience for their customers, right? So everybody is trying out various options, bringing out various tools on board, etc, etc. Then a lot of them, a lot of our customers, a lot of our clients are complaining about they're not able to write, they are not able to adopt the right tool in the right way. And some of the times it's heavy investment backfiring big time. So today I have Mr. Gaurav Rai, joining me, he is the senior VP Innovation and Strategy. He is everything about technology. If you have anything to discuss about technology, he is the go-to person, especially when it comes to customer experience, process management, process improvement, he is the go-to person. So if I have to introduce Gaurav, Gaurav is a problem solver, right? And that serves him well in his current role as the head of products and innovation at Maths and Kumar. So as part of the outsourcing ecosystem, he deals with a lot of clients across verticals and industries and his team and uh, he leading them, they tackle a lot of problems, uh, challenges faced by the clients via technological interventions. He has, uh, to go back on his background, he has graduated as a software engineer with more than 18 plus years of experience in data science, process improvement, process reengineering, and product management domains. He's a certified, Black Belt from ASQ. He's a champion in optimizing business process using Six, Six Sigma and Lean techniques. He has extreme exposure to e-commerce and travel industries and experience in application of data science tools both in the areas of CX and content management. So today we will be picking his brain on uh, technology. How can it play a role in delivering uh, optimal CX? Let's bring him on without further ado. Hey, Gaurav.
1: Hey, Vivek. It's nice to be here and thank you for the fantastic uh, introduction and I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. So, uh, Gaurav, you
0: know, the uh, the to the, I, I know you might have watched a couple of episodes of the show. We started this show to tackle the major, major challenges which every organization is facing during this pandemic. So, we have been uh, bringing on experts like Vivek, Uh, Rudraksh etc to talk about e-commerce outsourcing e-commerce outsourcing and things like that so today uh, our topic is as you know it's technology uh, automation for CX so I have collated or curated a set of 10 to to 12 questions for you and I'll be shooting them one at a time to you and uh, you can take it up as it comes so ready for it
1: absolutely absolutely
0: fantastic so uh you know uh first thing uh, first question uh you know i want to talk about a domain specific question like for example customer experience is a domain that has seen a lot of interesting intervention of technology and automation in recent times right so what are your thoughts on the same
1: well um i always say that you know automation is not essentially a new thing um uh you know Right from the beginning, when the whole industrialization started happening, you know, we've been innovating. We've been trying to reduce manual efforts. Um, so it's it's a continuous effort that has you know been going on for a long, long time. And okay. all the innovation you've seen these recent times is in fact, kind of built on what we've done in the past. So you know, we we really should be attributing our success in terms of our fast track innovation these days to the people who pioneered. Um, you know, research and development, the pioneer technology, and how to leverage technology to uh, automate uh, so much mundane and redundant tasks in the current world. Um, But but, but what has happened in the recent times is that a lot of uh, industries are kind of moving online. Um, The services which were more face-to-face or, you know, you had to go to banks or you had to go to... Uh, outlets for your telecom issues now everything has moved online so the interaction uh, level of people has moved on from being physical and face to face to online and that brings uh, its own set of challenges and that right. set of challenges i think had to be recognized in a way that how do you tackle those situations how do you make sure you keep your customers tidy? and then also bring in an ease for not just for your customers, for your own employees as well, right? Right. And that's why uh, last few years, we've really seen uh, a lot of effort being put in, uh, in the field of automation. Uh, In fact, a lot of newer companies have popped up who just do automation work uh, for different industries and verticals. Um, But it's not something new. Uh, You know, you, you, you hear new buzzwords and those buzzwords continue to change. But eventually, yep. all of them have this baseline uh, theme behind them. It's about figuring out ways to think, uh, to do things easily and in a more uh, efficient way. Um, right. Uh, so these days, uh, you know, you you hear buzzwords like machine learning, artificial intelligence, NLP. Um, a couple of years back, you probably would have heard big data. Uh, before that, uh, you know, it was all data analytics. So it's almost the same efforts, new buzzwords, um, but we are moving at a very fast pace now. And I think it's beneficial for not just the ones uh, who are delivering such solutions, but also for the end consumers as well. So I'm really excited to be part of this whole, um, not just industry, but an ecosystem in general, where you know we can contribute to making things easier um, for, for our end customer and uh, it's fantastic. Uh, how it's moving
0: right right uh, i can see that across industries customers are impatient they want service to be delivered when they need it and it should be like instantaneous services and things so technology is the only way which can maybe address those needs specifically all right so my next question is you know why do you think organizations who are striving for superior customer experience why they should focus on automation capabilities and what are the top benefits
1: automation and technology can bring for them um so essentially when you look at automation you look at two primary drivers i mean this is my viewpoint everybody has their own understanding but from my perspective because i am in a in a very client driven ecosystem i deal with a lot of clients uh, who are from different verticals and industries with different sort of problems so from my perspective, I think the, the two biggest drivers for automation one is to make things easier for your end consumer. Um, right. And when I when I say easier, uh, it's about reducing uh, what everybody calls as customer effort. These days, it's a new buzzword right. again, but right. probably we'll talk more about it as we as we go on. So that's one part. The second one is, of course, uh, also streamlining your internal operations. Uh, which brings in more um, comfort to your own employees. Uh, and, and it's not just about, you know, a lot of organizations think that, you know, bringing in automation is going to save them money, which of course is true. But eventually uh, that money uh, has to bring in value in terms of either making lives easier for your own employees or delivering higher level of value to your end clients. So you have to move up the value chain, both as a as an employer and also as a service provider to to, to your end clients. Uh, now, when we talk about reducing customer effort, uh, uh, you know, uh, over the last few years, what has happened? As I mentioned again, because a lot of companies are bringing their services online, uh, these are the days of self serve. That also brings in you know uh, the set of challenges where people do get stuck. Uh, people gu- do. Kind of your voice is breaking.
0: Just. Uh, uh... I think it's a network problem. Is it okay? Just, is it, is yeah, it better now? Yeah, life it's life? fine
1: now. Yeah. Okay. So, w- w- what I was saying was that, you know, uh, because of the fact that a lot of companies are bringing their processes and services online, um, it, it brings in own set of problems uh, for the customers because while dealing with those services, they, they come uh, and face few challenges and they need somebody to resolve those challenges, right? So, the whole communication channels up. How do you reach the company who's providing you services? How do you ensure that you are able to resolve the issues of your customers as easy as possible? So what automation does is that, you know, uh, you can uh, reduce the effort of the customers by automating a lot of mundane tasks. Um, right. So the customers have don't have to put in a lot of effort to get a resolution. So that's one right. driver. Which is the most important one, because eventually the customer is the one who, who is uh, the most important in the whole business ecosystem. And then uh, from an internal standpoint, as I mentioned earlier, in the past, I mean, every organization, when, when, when they start, all of their processes are manual. When I say manual, they have to work on Excel sheets, uh, sometimes even paper, uh, sort of an environment that has to go away, right? Because one, it, it wastes a lot of time, and second, yeah. it doesn't really give an opportunity to your employees to to uh, bring in new skills, uh, to upgrade their skills, to to do more uh, more value-enabled work rather than you know repetitive uh, mundane tasks. So right. those are the two key drivers where every organization should look at uh, before you know going towards the journey of automation. And then you you talked about benefits uh a bit in the question how the benefits are enormous i mean the first thing i addressed was of course reduction in customer effort and that results in a lot of things if you make things easier for your customers uh your metrics in terms of happiness goes up your nps goes up your CSAT goes up and when those things go up customers are happy they'll spend more with you they'll stay with you for a longer the loyalty increases um uh you reduce the churn you less customers leave you and then it's easier for you to upsell as well you know when your customers right. like you they'll they have a higher probability of buying more um right. more services more products and that's where it's very important for you to make sure that you are keeping your um, end clients and end customers happy right right, um, right. from an internal organization standpoint the, the benefits are higher employee uh, retention rates, uh, less attrition, uh, more conducive environment, and also the upskilling of your employees. Now, upskilling right. is very important because you know a lot of companies they talk about upskilling, but upskilling wouldn't happen till the time there is a need for upskilling to happen. Right? right. It's not a right. it's not a thing that's going to happen uh, uh, on its own. So when there is a need for people to learn new things, because otherwise they will be redundant, and it's a harsh truth. That's when they start to put in an effort to learn more. Organizations have spent millions of dollars uh, research and development and learning and new training development. But till the times the employees are not motivated uh, to learn and upskill, it's not going to work. So. So that's where the whole automation initiative comes in. You start automating things. People have to learn new things to be relevant in the company. And, and and that really benefits the organization because you as an organization are now upskilling yourself. You have more people who have a better knowledge of newer technologies, things which can be done in newer ways. So, so there are ton of benefits and we can spend hours talking about them, but I'll keep it short.
0: <laughs> right right so uh you know uh, what i'm hearing is you know it has got tech- bringing in the right technology has got benefits from both internal stakeholders as well as your external stakeholders perspective you know and obviously yeah. if if all the metrics are positive when it relates to your customer the organization will have huge amount of benefits as well right so uh, moving on uh, i want to cover a little bit about the industries and the adoption of our automation so according to you which industries are the top adopters of automation for customer experience and also if you can share some trends where these companies or organizations have adopted uh, automation for their CX improvement
1: okay yeah i mean that's a, that's a good question i mean again it's a very uh, i think subjective big to talk about because Right. I think everybody would have their own opinion, there's no right or wrong Absolutely. answer and I think being in the industry, I would say, uh, you know, the whole, the whole initiative started, uh, I think, with, with banking and telcos, um, primarily in North America, and then kind of moved over to the Europe as well, because, because of the fact that, you know, banks and telcos were the one who had already had a huge amount of customer base, I mean, for obvious reasons. Uh, other industries were prevalent. Manufacturing, yes, but uh, you do not kind of deal with end customers directly as a manufacturing unit. But as a bank, you have right. to deal with your customers, right? Similarly for, tech, uh, for telcos as well. And then when they started, um, you know, bringing their services online versus you know face-to-face interaction, I think there was this extreme uh, level of surge uh, in, in in the amount of communication that started to happen. Um, uh, through the through the regular channels, whether those were online channels like voice or email, or voice or chat, or those were passive channels like email, but all of that exploded fairly significantly, and these these folks had to uh, you know really ramp up, build their own call centers. Others they decided to outsource, and then the whole outsourcing industry came into existence. But I think those were the ones who kind of started the whole initiative of looking at this as a challenge because it did become a challenge you know if you look at historical uh, you know communication challenge uh, channels and their challenges they were fairly straightforward in terms of you know customer not able to you know get to the right agents let's say for example customers waiting online for so long then customers don't get uh, not getting the resolution from the agents and they're getting irate. Um, And all of those things that kind of entail, uh, you know, during the process of a customer interacting with with the organization. And I think at that point, these organizations figured that they have to do something to kind of make things easier, not just for themselves, but also for the end clients as well. And that's where a lot of automation was put in terms of looking at what, what exactly is happening in the communication world and how we can... Kind of dissect those problems and bring in technology to solve them. Now, uh, the, the the challenges were at two levels. You know, one first to even identify what's the problem. So, let's say, for example, if the customer is waiting thirty minutes on on a call to get to an agent, you know what the problem is, but we don't you don't really know why that problem is. You know, unless and one lesson until you kind of get into the nitty gritty, and it's very hard to actually dissect unless and until you're leveraging technology. Very difficult. Um, right. So they had to bring in that automation, not just to identify problems, but also to kind of bring in fixes, whether those fixes were you know, driving people to self-serve on the websites instead of having them call in, uh, and then moving over to uh, helpful chatbots. Uh, now the chatbots right. are even more intelligent, where it's not just conversational dialogue happening, but more context-driven uh, 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 deliveries happening as well. So I think that's where the, the the whole initiative started. But then all the other industries also started to catch up. I mean, e-commerce was growing fairly quickly. You talk about Amazon's of the world, and then you know Flipkart's uh, in, in India, and they started facing problem. And you know, I think they learned uh, from these bigger and more older uh, industries. Uh, they, they were right. already doing so much work. They adopted, adapted, and I think they, they then become became the pioneers. Now you look at, you know, all these new industries, the e-commerces of the world, or even com- industries which never existed before, like food tech, for example. They are so um, uh, open and adaptable in terms of, uh, you know, acquiring technology to automate uh, tasks right. for their end customers. Um, so it's spreading everywhere. But, but uh, the trend you're seeing is that, a more year, newer generation uh, industries and verticals are more open to uh, the technology and really build it grounds up. So it's not that you know they will build their processes first and then wait for things to go wrong and then bring in solutions. They build their processes in the way that automation is already built in. So you know, right. like, for example, Zomato. I'm not sure if it's the right example right now, but they don't even have a voice channel. I mean, good for good or for bad, they only have a chat channel. Some of, bit of it is automated. Some of it it has challenges. But it's a bold step towards technology. You don't want to have people on phone. You just want to have a passive channel. It's not passive. It's, it's still in the real time. But very different from a voice interaction, right? And that's a debate in itself. So the newer organizations, newer verticals, newer industries are adopting the technology fairly quickly. And then it's, it's giving a rise to a new uh, set of companies. Uh, as well. So companies who are just getting towards bringing automation, right? Um, so the only thing they do is to bring in the new technology to help these bigger organizations be more right. streamlined. Uh, but, but but to, you know, give you a, a, a definitive answer, uh, I think it started off with a couple of industries. Now, I think none of the industries can survive if they are ignorant to the fact that uh, automation is, is not an option anymore. You know, you have to kind of adopt to bring in so much efficiency internally to your organization and also make the lives of your end customers easier.
0: Right, right, absolutely. Because uh, uh, it's a good point you mentioned that nowadays, no industry is uh, staying away from automation or technology because there are companies who are coming on, uh, even startups these days coming up with heavy, heavily loaded with technology to serve their customers better. So that's a very uh, clear cut, Exam answer for about the journey of adoption of automation for CX. All right. So uh, my next question is about customer communication, right? Because customer communications is an integral part of uh, it's a it's an integral part or a influencing factor for a good customer experience, right? So what are the most important areas where automation is deployed? Is that customer communication? So why is that critical? And what are the common trends you have observed in that area?
1: So, you know, I think um, uh, these days you cannot even separate customer experience uh, and customer communication and look at them uh, in a different light, I think. Because, you know, I mean, there were times when companies would only produce their products or their services and that be it. Uh, Probably there was a monopoly in certain areas because of the fact that customers did not have a lot of choices, because of the fact that there was no technology advancements or less technology advancements compared to what it is right now so it's, it right. wasn't a big deal for companies to really focus on customer communication that much they were very focused on creating good products and then pushing down the stream to the customers and then the the idea was that everything would fall into place and the, the product is good we will we'll take care of communication right. what's the big deal even if it's not that great right i mean Right. Now that has really changed. The paradigm has shifted to a point where it's not just your core product. Uh, you have to look at um, uh, your communication aspect as an integral part of your overall service delivery, because eventually customers have so much choice these days that they will drop you uh, in in a matter of seconds and move to a different vendor if you drop the ball. Anywhere and primarily in in your customer communication area, I would right. hate to be a client or a customer of a company who doesn't value me as a customer and doesn't prioritize my issues. Right. And no matter how good their products might be, right. So, let's say, for right. example, if I'm with Airtel right now, I might have options just to Vodafone, to it to Idea and and right. so much more, irrespective of the fact that how good their services are, right. I mean. So uh, it's extremely important for organizations to then focus on customer communication as an aspect to bring in automation and improve that piece of the business. Now there's a lot of what also happens during your product development cycle or even your product uh, designing state, which of course is out of uh, the scope of this discussion. But in this sense, in this case, um, communication has to improve, and it, it it has to improve to keep you competitive. Um, right. So if, if if you if you talk about uh, the innovation and the automation that has happened over the last few years, uh, you do hear the buzzwords like uh, NLP, which is uh, natural language processing, um, and then uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning coming to the field of communications. Um, all of these, uh, first on one side, are technologies in a silo. But but it's very important for industries to find a use case for them. Now, NLP right. is not a new thing. We you know our experts have been trying to uh, understand language and try to you know teach the machines to learn the the language in a, in a way to understand the context. Right? You remember right. days when you know speech to text used to happen or text to speech used to happen. It, it would sound so robotic and these days when you convert text to speech you know you can't really tell whether it's a live person it's a ro- robot talking right i mean that's the level of advancement we made in in kind of understanding speech and and the ability for us to make a machine also understand what language means and the complexities around the accents the complexities around uh different dialects and so on, so forth so one technology that is really taken uh as a big use case in communication is speech analytics or nlp to that extent where uh, the idea is that there's so much interaction being uh, uh, being happening between consumers and the companies it's very difficult to really understand what's going on i mean in traditional environments people used to you know pick up a random sample of calls or or even chats or emails and trying to understand what what's wrong uh, bring in Six Sigma statistical methodologies to do root cause analysis. But everybody knew that's not the efficient the, the way of doing things. One way right. would take us so much time and energy, and I'm saying it from, from a person who's done it firsthand. <laughs> you know, I've deployed Six Sigma projects and methodologies in so many areas of customer communication, and it would be a pain to kind of look at the data sample, you know, having somebody listen to those calls. So, so that paradigm had to shift to, to a place where we could automate a lot of things. One, trying to understand what's actually happening during a conversation. What do you want? Uh, and when you understand what is wrong, then you'd be able to kind of go to a point where you can say, OK, this is wrong, but why is it wrong? And that's where root cause analysis is very important. That's where automation really helps you get down to the root cause. I mean, I mean, mean. Uh, for people who probably are listening right now, they appreciate the fact that uh, making a decision based upon 400 sample size, it's a statistical number, 95% probability uh, sample. It's not an easy thing. You cannot make business decisions at that level. Uh, right. But on the other side, when you bring in automation, you can increase the sample size. You can increase the, the amount of intelligence you are bringing in the purview of your analysis that it's very easy for, for the business leaders to then say, oh, you know what? I believe in this data. I know that this data actually makes sense and I can make changes, right? right so right. so, so that perspective has really uh, come in handy for a lot of organizations uh, who are in the customer communication space. Uh, speech analytics is helping a lot of customers and a lot of companies. One, identify issues uh, which uh, are impacting their uh, customers, but also at the same time, identifying what are the things that are impacting their own uh, performance metrics as well, right? Um, right? Are there issues with their core products? Are there issues with, with the people who are on uh agents, um, whether they are not trained properly? All of those things, they need a validation. And, you know, right. technology, especially speech analytics has helped, uh, you know, bring that uh, analysis, you uh, um, to, to, to the masses and also making it possible for even smaller organizations to do, to, to do that kind of automation. So I think that's the biggest thing that has happened. And, you know, it's not just voice, you know, you can do the same analysis on chat, emails, where, um, you know, you can use technology and automation to do a lot of your, uh, RCA. So people who were in a role of, uh, process engineering, uh, restructuring of processes, now they have more tools in their hands. Earlier, yeah, right. everything was manual. Now they can leverage technology to do their analysis and they're more effective, right? And right, what right. is happening is that those uh, organizations within the organizations, instead of a cost function, now are becoming a value function. Because it's right. not you're not just looking at a cost investment, you're looking at what value eventually you are bringing to your end customer and to your internal processes as well. So I mean, right. that's a couple of examples. There's so many other things which have an application. Uh, uh, Chatbots, uh, for example, is another application uh, where uh, instead of manually uh, replying to chats of your customers and answering basic queries, you can automate all of that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so, so the, the, the amount of application use cases, especially in the communication side of the world, is this. And companies who are actually leveraging that opportunity are the ones who are advancing are the ones who will be different from the ones who are not uh, adopting technology to to streamline their communication channels long answer um, but very passionate very passionate about this topic so um,
0: that's absolutely so fine yeah. we we have we we can listen to you uh, as long as you want so uh, you know the what i'm hearing is the the granularity uh, into the data which these platforms bring is one of the key points to note down earlier the set of data or the kind of insights you could derive from were limited but now you have uh, much more granular level uh, insights being thrown at you all right so another application if i'm I, I may be wrong here but another application which of which is of interest to me is uh, technology has enabled something called a social listening also these days brands can understand the sentiments of their social media presence and the uh, customer sentiments from their uh, brand presence also so that is another
1: interesting field which I have come yeah. across the, mar- the marketeers never had that kind of power early Absolutely. I mean you remember you are a you are a marketeer uh, you would know your challenges because of the right. fact that everything is social now it's very important to listen to your customers on social and it's not possible and i'm telling you it's not possible to do it manually nobody can do it there are hundreds of pages which a company would maintain different channels so it's very important to leverage technology to listen to what your customers are saying and then not just to listen but also to decide whatever the customers are saying is a pain point or it it's an appreciation i mean you know even that level of a difference and and technology can really bring in that that power uh, to the marketeers to type what's happening on social and take appropriate right. actions. I mean, uh, so many examples. Remember what happened to um, um, Nestle and Maggie a few years ago? You know, uh, right. Maggie had to shut down their entire production line for a few months. Because of one rumor, that could not be nipped in the bud because... Nobody knew how to listen to social at that time, even, you know, such big organizations could not, I mean, if they could have addressed that small issue, right up front, uh, could have responded to the rumors and a lot of organizations, they are doing it right now. Uh, But they weren't at that time and the company had to pay the price. Right. Uh, So of course, you know, marketing is one, another area of automation uh, where it's a huge uh, use case. Right. Right.
0: We have tools like Mention, which even, uh, monitors the brand mentions across the entire yes. gamut of social media. All right. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, you know, if imagine that if an organization, you know, want to kick off their automation journey with a goal of improving customer experience. So what are the what are the best starting point and baby steps for them,
1: according to you? I, I think I think a lot of organizations don't even realize that, uh, you know, it has to be baby steps. I think they think it's it's all binary, whether they are doing automation or they are not doing automation. Because right. I think a lot of uh, leaders uh, do not really appreciate and understand what automation really means. And I think it's it's the industry to blame in general because, you know, the buzzwords are hyped so much uh, that, you know, the, the people who don't really understand technology, they, they get so much uh, caught up into the technicalities that they don't really understand that automation Uh, isn't really uh, doing fancy stuff like AI or machine learning right off the bat. Uh, Automation was happening uh, 50 years ago as well. Automation was happening 100 years ago as well. It's just that you need to first understand and recognize the areas where you think there is a problem and then bring in a technology solution, uh, which doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, When I say doesn't have to be fancy, writing uh, an Excel macro to calculate a dashboard or a report automatically is also automation.
0: Um,
1: People might not believe the fact that, you know, that is automation in this world, but it is for at least companies who are uh, starting their journey. So my recommendation is very similar to what we did, you know, uh, you haven't been with the company for long, Vivek, but, you know, we started, uh, when we started, we had a very small team, we call it of so MIS team. They were primarily the team who took care of uh, reports. All of those reports were course manual Excel sheets, data was from different areas. Now, you know, how we converted that MIS team uh, to a BI team uh, is, I think, the first step of moving away from a lot of manual labor-intensive work towards more value-driven reporting and dashboarding. And that's the first step, you know, have your people learn macros on Excel, have them write codes to automate a lot of reporting that otherwise is a, is a redundant task.
0: Right.
1: Once you achieve that, you know, let's say for example, you identify 20 different where you are doing a lot of manual stuff and you do this kind of base level automation the value and the return you get gets you addicted. And when I say gets you addicted, it gets you addicted in a way that once as a business leader, you start to see the results. uh, It's, 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 it's a no brainer to continue to move. Right. And then you continue to move with small steps. You don't want to jump and again, jump over and start doing learning and artificial intelligence, but start looking at how you can make things easy. I mean, Even for people who are not tech savvy, it's it's as simple as that. Look at areas which you think are labor intensive. You believe that those things actually can be done in a more efficient way. Have people learn new things to automate those things and then have those people learn new things. Right. So, so that's, that's the way you baby step it. uh, And, and I think a lot of organizations fail in that aspect to not recognize those small initiatives and they kind of wait for something big to happen. And that something big probably would never happen. Now, you know, uh, in earlier days what would happen is, you know, uh, uh, of your voice is just, and... uh, just a sec. Is it, is it better now?
0: Yeah, it's better now.
1: Okay. Um, so, you know, like earlier days, uh, speech analytics was an expensive uh, initiative to launch in any organization right? right the technology has gotten uh cheaper over the over the years because you know a lot of players have jumped in but you know in those days you didn't have to you know make that jump because people who could not they were just waiting for that to happen and they missed everything they could have done in between so the point is start the journey start small and when you start to see the results things will start moving on its own. Why? Because then you'd have people who know more, you'd have people who have new skills. They are the ones who bring the knowledge and the automation to you. You won't even have to drive it anymore. So it's, it's like a chain reaction, but somebody has to kind of drive it and that drive has to come from the top. So business leaders, they need to identify that there's a requirement to automate and, um, you know, the initi- initiatives, they have to start from that level
0: right so we have some questions coming from the audience so one question i would like to take now because it's kind of related to this so uh, you know uh, automation is always considered to be investment heavy initiative so are there any cost effect cost effective options which organizations can opt before committing a significant budget any examples you can share
1: i think i just gave examples uh, so
0: you <laughs> don't
1: have to really with expensive stuff, everybody uses Excel, right? Right, Now, the other thing that has happened uh, with Vivek is that a lot of services have moved or are moving to the cloud. Now, cloud, you know, people really mistake cloud for a lot of different things. But when I say cloud is, I say that a lot of software that was only available as an enterprise software. Uh, When I say enterprise, I mean expensive. Uh, It had to be, you know, installed on your own networks, you had to spend a huge uh, capex to buy new hardware and then buy very expensive software licenses. Now things are changing, very enterprise uh, level companies are moving towards cloud. When I say cloud, they are bringing their services on the cloud in a subscription model. So that it's easier for even smaller organizations to, to experience how to leverage that software in their uh, own environment so instead right. of spending 5000 dollars as an enterprise license for a, for 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 a year or for lifetime you can probably spend, spend 20 dollars for one user license uh, for a saas product which will bring automation uh, to you by not investing too much so right. every single problem now the thing is is that uh, a lot of innovation is happening in terms of startups as well every Everybody is looking at launching new companies. Even smallest of the business problems now have become business cases for new companies to, to begin. So if you have a problem statement, go type it in Google and you'd find at least 20 <laughs> companies who are offering services, right? Go try right. them. Go try, use their uh, trial uh, offers. Um, right. it's, it's guaranteed that at least uh, you know what you're doing right now will be a lot better. Using their services now, spending twenty dollars on a license is it justified? Of course, you know. Um, yep. And then twenty dollar becomes two hundred dollars because then you have two, two uh, twenty people using those licenses. So right. again, you don't really have to make this big leap and just keep sitting and waiting for something to happen. You can make the small steps uh, happen right now. Uh, there there are a lot of options available to bring technology and automation to all your processes any function any vertical any problem statement you might have in the organization there is a solution right
0: right i think that is the simplest advice a technology leader can give i guess
1: go to google and type in your problem statement yeah. and look I mean, you know, for the right again is that you know the, the, i mean just to add is that you don't have to have your own development team to, right. to start the automation right a lot of companies don't have their own development teams you don't have development right and you don't need them there are solutions right. which are being developed by companies for, for people like you, for, for companies right. like you. Go leverage right. those solutions and, uh, you know, you'd improve your processes and you see the value uh, fairly.
0: God, thank you so much for that answer, uh, Gaurav. So, uh, you know, my next question, uh, I am not a technology person, but I have to ask these questions because these are the terms which are in. So you mentioned about artificial intelligence and machine learning. So I want to understand that how powerful are they from a CX technology standpoint? And you can you give some examples of their role, uh, the role which they are playing right now?
1: So again, you know, Vivek, as, I, as I mentioned these are all buzzwords, and these buzzwords continue to change. You know, we had big right. data some time back. You know, even as our own organization, I personally, you know, uh, devoted so much time towards big data and bringing that technology, in. and then all of a sudden, nobody's. Nobody's talking about big data anymore. But that doesn't mean big data isn't there. Or that doesn't mean big data wasn't there before the term became so popular. We've been doing coding for a long, long time. And, you know, I mean, at the base level, everything is coding, right? Right. You are writing a piece of code that solves a problem. Now that problem might be a small problem, like adding two numbers. That might be a bigger problem where you are managing a business transaction between a bank and a customer. In the end, right. there is a piece of code uh, which is being written by somebody, uh, and that right. is functioning. What what it does is it's it's a it's a piece of code that has been tested for any errors, any bugs. It is a repeatable process. It runs every single time, does the task without errors, and gets the job done. Now, right. how it gets the job done kind of brings in a lot of variation in terms of how we look at uh, these different technologies and terms. You know. Earlier programming was simple, simply called coding. Then people started to deal with a lot of data. And when they thought it's a lot of data, they thought of calling it as big data because a lot of data is big data. Uh, but, there, uh, but there was already a lot of data available, right? But somebody thought of the word big and it became uh, you know fairly famous. It, but, but it's not the case that there wasn't a lot of data being already dealt with. We already had huge banks who were online. We had right. a lot of telcos who were dealing in millions of lines uh, of right. data of their customers. So we are already tackling so much data already. Is just that you know that 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 whole uh, you know term became popular and now uh, artificial intelligence and machine age is here and everybody is talking about it. But essentially, in the back end, it's a piece of code. It's a, it's a line. It's a program that works to do something. Now, the idea behind AI is that you know humans should be able to teach machines now to do their, their job it's very similar to robotics right? right but the point is that in earlier days uh, the code was simple you know you write four lines and uh, you know the, the task will be done in anything outside those lines will be thrown error right the idea with the machine, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence is that teach the machine with so many use cases or so many examples in the real world that nothing can probably fall outside the purview of those examples we've already taught you. So think of yourself or a machine as a small kid. Uh, you teaching the kid everything around him and the environment, and your your idea is that I've already taught the kid 97 or 98 percent of the things around him. So 97 of the time, percent percent of the times he'd be able to do that job. Maybe only a few percent of the cases he doesn't know exist in the world will fall outside the purview. And that's what machine learning is. So what we're doing is we are telling the machine that these are millions of cases or millions of examples, the way things have gone in the past to learn from it. Uh, And next time something comes like that, it should already be in your brain and you give the answer or you give a solution. So essentially when you do machine learning, doing is that you're gathering humongous amount of data with inputs and outputs, which has already happened. And an example being, uh, let's say, an interaction between a customer and, and, and an agent, you know, so feeding so many interactions, like millions of interactions, into the uh, into into a machine, and also feeding the output so that the machine learns that in a certain case this should be the output, so that right. it's able to predict the output next time the same scenario comes in. So it's essentially more intelligent than just a simple piece of code. It 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 it, it feels like it's thinking. It's not thinking. It has been taught to think. And that's right. what machine learning and AI is. The applications are very broad. Right. You know, I mean, AI is everywhere these days, from, from Tesla developing cars who can ride on their own. Uh, they can make decisions on the go. That is artificial intelligence, um, the best example right. to that extent. In our case, examples I think I've already mentioned. But let's say, for example, you're talking to a bot, but you don't feel like you're talking to a bot. It feels like there's right. a human on the other side. Now that's how you've trained a machine to respond, to feel like to make you feel like that it's a human who's talking to you. Uh and that's right. what machine learning is. So 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 uh so so all of our speech analytics is based on machine learning. Uh we fed in thousands and thousands of hours of audio into the system so that it starts recognizing what a person is saying, and in certain cases, what's the context of what he's saying. Now my right. Accent is very different from yours. Yours is very different from the third person. But let's say, for example, if you gather thousands of people like us and thousands of hours of our interaction and you feed in the system, your assumption is you are covering 98% of the universe from a variation standpoint. So the machine already has something in the database that resembles my voice or my context. So it's able to predict what's going to happen in, in a spec, specific scenario. And that's what is right. machine learning. So all the automation in terms of bots, which we are using these days, are prime examples of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Um, there are a lot of other applications as well, but you know it would take a lot of time to discuss those. But I think I these know. are the simplest of examples, which I think everybody can understand in terms of the services they're already dealing with. You probably would have chatted with a bot one time or the yep. other and not figured it's a bot. You know I mean, how yeah, we at
0: yeah. that stage. No? Absolutely, absolutely. There are a lot of lot of applications with uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence built in these days. Right, so continuing yeah. on these buzzwords, there are two more uh, which I want to talk about. One is robo- r- RPA which is robotic process automation and NLP which you mentioned. These are two buzzwords which have been, we have been all hearing uh, for s- quite some time now when it comes to automation. So how important are they And are they here to stay for a longer time?
1: I mean, the buzzwords won't stay Vivek. Uh, The buzzwords would continue to change, Uh, but technology is there to stay. Uh, The technology is not just here, but also to advance. Things we thought weren't possible a few years ago is extremely possible now. So it's only to your imagination what what can be done. I mean, things that were like a sci-fi movie in earlier days, it's very real these days. So it's, it's it's all about what you can invent, and that's what the technology is also about. Now, RPA is another thing that is happening fairly broadly in a in an outsourcing and in a customer experience environment. And the idea here is again not very different from what I've been talking already. The idea here is to deploy a piece of code which will take over redundant tasks. Now, RPA bots aren't uh you know uh, maybe as expansive in terms of labor to create a machine learning algorithm or, or artificial intelligence there are a lot of uh, tools available which you can use to automate your redundant task when i say redundant task now let's say for example you have a back office uh, environment where your people are right. scraping information off of pdf files right Now, it's such a redundant task uh, it does have variation but if you look at it from a high level, you can automate that task. Why should somebody really use their manual labor to copy and paste from a PDF file to a to an Excel file or a Word doc, right? Let right, the machine right. do it. For the machine to do it, you have to teach the machine saying, hey, you know what, if you find a word that says, got copy it and paste it to some somewhere else, right? And that becomes right. uh, an RPA, a robotic process automation, where a robot is talking, taking over your manual redundant tasks in an organization. Um, There are multiple types of uh, RPAs, you know, one is called manned RPA or unmanned robots. Essentially is how much of an interaction those, these robots need kind of defines their type. Can't get into details, but you know, the unmanned ones, they work on their own. They don't need any intervention. If they come right. across a, a roadblock, they'll figure out something. The manned robots, they need your intervention. They'll go to a point and they'll they'll wait for your input. So you have to have somebody giving them input, right? right? So 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 that's what is happening. And RPA, I think, is solving a lot of business problems for a lot of organizations who who are employing manual labor for redundant tasks. I think if you have a set of people who are doing this kind of work, you should really seriously start looking at using RPAs to, to kind of, um, you know, uh, streamline that manual. Right, right. And NLP is something you've discussed extensively in right. detail. So, you know, we cool. can skip that all right. for the time. Being. Right,
0: cool. So, uh, you know, since uh, we have all been have been talking about how, you know, it, all these technologies are uh, these automations can be in de- uh, used in delivering a good customer experience. But One important aspect of customer experience is the customer feedback process, right? So customer feedback is the one which determines whether the customer is happy or not. And the effective processes you have in place, the better it is. So how automation can improve the customer feedback process and help organizations improve programs like NPS, CSAT, et cetera.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've touched it a bit earlier, but yep. now you know all your NP, uh, all your metrics, uh, you know, fancy metrics like NPS or CSAT, they all uh, depend upon certain aspects of your service delivery, and those are called drivers. I like to call them key drivers. Uh, those key drivers, I mean, aren't very different for uh, industries and verticals to an extent. Um, uh, right. We used to do a lot of uh, key driver analysis for a lot of different clients, looking at their c results and trying to figure out what are those key things which are actually impacting customer experience. You know, Why would they rate you low or why would they rate you high? On one side, there's an aspect of your product quality. That is something you cannot really control, being somebody who is handling customer experience or handling communications part. right? So you know, right. those are the people who who are actually creating the product are responsible for that. The rest portion is your communication. The rest portion is your service. That is something which is in your control. So we we try right. to understand what are those key drivers which really impacts customer experience in terms of you know impacting your NPS and CSAT. And we figured that there are only few things. The first one being the customer effort, which I spoke about earlier. How much time the customer is investing in getting a resolution is. Probably one of the biggest factors which contributes towards customer experience, and there are substitute factors or corresponding factors like uh, resolution, whether resolution happened on that call or not, uh, how courteous the agent or the person who is trying to resolve the problem, and then the whole other gambit of you know professionalism and whatnot. Now, now if you look at these drivers, you can figure that you can you can bring in technology to really streamline a lot of those things. Customer effort, let's say for example. I told you the biggest customer effort is when customer has to wait for a resolution. When customer has to be on a phone line waiting for an agent to answer him. If you bring in a chatbot, a chatbot doesn't care. The chatbot doesn't work on our timelines. A chatbot can handle hundreds of customers at the same time. Uh, It only depends upon how much machine power you have behind your chatbot. So bringing in, in a simple chatbot can reduce your wait time from, let's say, 30 minutes to... Even less than one minute, you know, there goes your, uh, your customer experience in terms of lower uh, customer effort, right? Resolution is another one. I mean, humans can make mistakes sometimes. Humans have yeah. to research. Uh, machines are more efficient in those cases. I mean, if you if you tell them that this is the area you have to look for information, and that is what the customer is looking for, then it's better to have the machine do it for you. An easier right. way to to, to to do those things. So all those things in combined does impact customer experience. It helps them uh, feel that their their, their uh, queries are being sorted and responded to fairly quickly, and they're getting resolution at a higher rate. So of course, the NPS will go high. So automation has a very strong correlation uh, with how your NPS is trending. If you are a very traditional organization, there's as much you can do. But if you are more forthcoming in terms of uh, accepting technology and you are more innovative, that's where you bring in the new technology aspects and new innovation to help your customers and the customers, customers appreciate that and they'll reward you by giving you a better NPS score, staying right. with you for a right. longer time.
0: Right, got it. So since you touched upon human versus machine, I have a controversial question for you. So, you know, there is, there's a lot of debate going on about, there's a common belief also that automation is a threat for jobs performed by humans. So, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, Very controversial, uh, uh, absolutely. I think um, uh, there'll be a 50-50 split between people who think either ways. I am on the more positive side um, because I do believe that automation is not new. Automation has been happening for ages. Um, and it's it's the course of Uh, the the, the natural course of how things work, things change, people find better ways of doing things. Uh, I mean, if you really have to be philosophical, uh, people used to make fire with their hands, you know, in in, in those times. We don't do that anymore. We've advanced, right? That doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Um, So the advancements in technology has happened since we've come into existence uh, and that will continue to happen. And the good thing is that, you know, people have evolved. People uh, know how to change. And that technology advancement brings in new opportunities as well at the same time. Now, uh, do people or will people lose jobs? Of course. They have been losing jobs and they will continue to lose jobs. And the ones who will be losing the jobs are the ones who would be the ones to say no to upskilling. They would be the ones who would sit on their... Behinds and not do anything, and just wait for technology to take over jobs, and then be jobless. The ones right. who would stand up and say, hey, "You know what? Let me learn new technology. Let me, let me, let me know how new things are working." Those kind of people would always have a place. Those kind of people would always uh, have a role because the 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 organizations will create new roles because of automation. So let me give you an example. The fact that we are bringing a lot of automation in mk that means that we need to have people doing that job we need to have people actually bringing in that technology we need to have people learning that technology so on one side yes few people will be uh, turned redundant but at the same time a, a new set of opportunities are being created for people who who are willing to grab those opportunities so it's a very philosophical debate uh, whether a good thing or a bad thing But I would say it's not new, has been happening in contact centers as well. Uh, We've been listening, we've been hearing people saying that there will be no contact center agents anymore because everything will be done by bots. Not going to happen, at least not in my view. There will always be a human touch that would be required. But humans should be, for very obvious reasons, be doing a higher value work than redundant work. Let the machines do low-level work. Let them do the dirty work. Let us do the more fancy, more beautiful, and more productive work in the world, and that's the way it should be, right? Um, right. So, yeah, right. I am the more positive and the optimistic, uh, the one right. who thinks that no, uh, it doesn't have a negative impact, right. right? So, so
0: the key, the key, key, key takeaway here is learning never stops. Keep learning, keep upskilling yourself, yes. stay, stay updated. Yeah. All right. So yeah. uh, we I mean, are coming to the yeah we are coming towards the end of the end of the show so my last two questions uh, sec, uh, second to last question is you know I know your team uh, at MK work on lot of loads of automation projects for customers in the space of CX so I would lo- love you to throw some light on some of those projects and its significance
1: so since we a full-service BPO uh, Vivek it's very important for us to also adopt and adapt to all the new technologies, whether right. those are in terms of uh, speech analytics or bringing in bots. So we've been doing that fairly aggressively, not just for our end clients, but also for our own processes as well. Uh, a lot of work is, uh, so we have a dedicated team who works on a lot of automation requirements. Uh, uh, we always have things coming in from HR, from uh, admin, from a lot of different areas in, in the business who, who need automation, who need things to be done in a better way. and and we try to solve those problems through technology. Uh, so, so I think that's an in, important aspect uh, which we've tackled. And I think we've not ma- if not mastered, we've gotten really better at, at handling those kind of queries and, and, and problem statements. Um, yeah. But yeah, we cannot afford as an organization being part of the BPO industry to not look at technology. And I think we are in the forefront and that's been kind of recognized by our clients who've been with us for more than 10 years. So yeah, we are right. doing a lot of uh, stuff in this space. Uh, people who are not with MK, they can go to our website and see the new fancy stuff we are doing. Uh, right. Fairly exciting.
0: Right, right. So there are people asking for a, a version 2.0 of this session. They want more from you. So they are ask, ask, thanking me for scheduling this and asking you to come back and educate them more on technology. We will schedule that soon. So my final question, which which I ask every guest who comes on the show is, how has COVID nineteen impacted Gorov and
1: your team? Um, uh, the, uh, uh, impacted Gorov, uh, I have a bigger tummy compared to what I had <laughs> earlier because there's no gym, no gym anymore. So that's my personal impact. But as in general, it's it's you know it's it's uh, um, it's a, uh, these are difficult. It has impacted all the organizations in a, in a very tough way. Uh, i feel for companies uh, you know who have been going through these tough times but luckily you know we've been able to survive this time so far uh, we were up and running fairly quickly um, uh, i think uh, uh, on the negative side everybody knows the negatives you know people losing jobs and you know a lot of people also not you know outside supporting the economy because there's no spending people are trying to save money so the economies are t- tanking as well but the benefits as well, you know. I mean, again, being philosophical, there have been some very positive impacts on the environment in general. We have better skies now. We have better roads in terms of less pollution. Um, some people love working from home. My man, I mean, you won't believe, but I won't, I, I won't believe either. But some people do, right? Being able to spend more time with their families. Uh, um friends have come closer i i've started calling people i never used to call earlier i mean (laughs) all those things you know are are the positive impacts and i think that's how the outlook should be i mean uh, much difficult situations would continue to come i think organizations who continue to keep a positive outlook uh, and try to be innovative to find solutions are the ones who are going to survive and same goes for my team as well you know i have a very spread out team across Entire India. I have one team member who supports our clients from Kashmir uh, in Srinagar, um, wow. uh, and he sits between beautiful mountains with snow-capped mountains. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's been working fine. I mean, we haven't had any downtimes for our clients We've been meeting SLA. So yeah, I mean, some good things are also happening. Um, right. But this will this will uh, go as well. We'll come back to normalcy, we'll but it'll be right. a new world uh, we'll be in, and uh, more absolutely. exciting one. All right. Thank you, Gaurav. Thank you so much for joining. It was really
0: enlightening and a lot of good stuff happening uh, from a technology standpoint for CEX. So uh, hopefully I'll bring you back for some other topic very soon. Thank you so much for taking time and
1: joining me. Thank you. Thank you, you, Vivek. Nice to be uh, talking to you. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks. All right, that was Gaurav Rai, cdvp VP, Innovation and Strategy at Batson Kumar. Guys, lot of lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of uh, activities, a lot of uh, actions which you carry out. Mundane actions can be automated easily using technologies and tools which are available today. So check it out. Check out various options available to you. If you have any questions on how to adopt the right technology for improving your customer experience, you know where to find us, www.balsankumar.com or you can personally connect to me on LinkedIn and ask any question. I'll direct you to God Rai for sure. So thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, this is uh, not a, a regular show as I started off because I need to bring on nice guests With exciting topics. So, I'm taking it easy and I'll bring on more guests who will talk and bring insights about delivering a superior customer experience for your organization. So, thank you so much for joining. See you all soon. Take care. Thank you for listening in today. Please follow Real Time with MK Podcast for latest from the world of outsourcing, e-commerce, contact center management, cybersecurity, and more.